everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Podway! So this is the podcast where we talk about things about musical theaters and plays. But today is a very special episode because we're accommodating Heathers, but on Riverdale. Yeah, I think we're having a deja vu here. Didn't we talk about Heathers just now? (laughs) But yeah, so this is the first time I think we're doing it. It's something that Claire and I discussed doing before, kind of like looking into specific musical episodes. We thought Riverdale would be a nice uh, place to start because it's so well known. Not well known by us. I don't think either of us are familiar with Riverdale, but we'll talk about it a little bit more later. And my prerogative for this is to eventually cover the Buffy episode. So I did come to this with an ulterior motive to, you know, debut this unique episodes but let us know how you guys like them Claire let me know if you like this yeah I'm really excited because it's really new for us I have no idea how things are going to progress with this one so it's kind of like an exploration for us I think for sure for sure it is because (laughs) I'm never I don't think I ever shared this on podcast but I'm never really a tv show kind of person Mm -hmm. I love movies a lot but Mm -hmm. tv shows just take so much time you know if movie can tell a story in like two hours or maybe sometimes three hours you have to spend like maybe an average more than 10 hours on a tv show to get to know like what's going on and Mm -hmm. like the ending and everything so that's too much time I don't have that much time (laughs) so (laughs) I usually don't watch tv shows very very much and Riverdale funny thing is that I feel like I actually watched a few episodes before oh no way I feel like because some as I was watching this episode I recognized some of the faces I just don't remember their names or what happened before so everything was kind of like a blur to me and the name is kind of sounds familiar like I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure everyone probably has heard of Riverdale before but I had no idea what it was about and let alone like they do musical parody episodes. I have a confession. Kind of I would yes. assume, I assume that you'd never okay. heard of it before. I don't know why it feels so different from what you usually like. Like It's a feel- dark mm. theme though, That right? is true. Isn't it my that genre? True. That is yeah. your genre, but like this is like a silly, you know, teen stuff. And I feel like that's so far from your usual liking that even though it has dark themes I feel like you'd give it maybe five seconds of your time and be like not for me (laughs) (laughs) I mean I feel like maybe if I actually watch it before that's probably why I dropped it Mm -hmm. yeah usually not a big fan of like high school theme stuff yeah so so in that regard I think I'm your exact polar opposite not only do I prefer tv shows compared to movies I'm willing to invest my time for 25 to 45 minutes more than an hour and a half, two hour movie, even if I watch like five episodes together. Even if I'm doing that, I'd rather do that than a movie. I don't care if the plot line is really, really bad. It can be a horrible plot line and I'd still watch it, aka Glee. Um, so I think maybe like that part is polar opposites for us in terms of you're only saying this because you never get to the end of Game of Thrones I feel like was really deeply hurt by a show that is fair I would drop I would drop a show if if the characters are boring so they were Um, interesting before they were interesting for seasons and they were interesting for seasons and then and then what happened it's like a fan fiction and then it just totally (laughs) destroyed the character like everyone they had the same face same name 
but then they're just different people now that's yes. how I view it but anyways, exactly sorry, that's a different if story. I feel like a character has been done great injustice it's the same for a reality tv show so I'm not a big fan of reality tv shows necessarily but there are a few that I like and if I was like oh this judging is completely biased and I don't approve it I would stop it in the middle so it's the mm-hmm. same for characters for a fictional tv show and I think that's probably what stopped me for Game of Thrones also, I thought, what is his name? John, super boring. And at the oh, end. Jon Snow? Yeah, at the end of yeah. season four, I think that I stopped at season four. The plot heavily banked on him, and I didn't have it. I was just like, oh, I'm not investing in his character at all. I think he's really, really boring. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I really liked like Tyrion. That's fair, though. And yeah. Oh, Daenerys. yeah, Tyrion. And I heard they like messed up both of their characters. I watched Lindsay Ellis's video about it and I was like, okay, I'm glad I saw it. So yeah, so I think I definitely, like you definitely deserve more kudos than I've given you just now, just based on watching the entirety of Game of Thrones. And I apologize for that. (laughs) You deserve deserve it. In general, though, I, I much prefer TV shows compared to movies. And I distinctly remember watching Riverdale. So as a family... My siblings and I always do a movie night uh, with dinner. So our movie night is not actually a movie. We watch a TV show. Right now we're watching Next in Fashion and I'm raging. I dislike it because the judging is so heavily biased. And then we're doing like crosswords. So TV shows is something that is really, really important for us to find. And we've given Riverdale a shot as well. We lasted exactly one episode before we all collectively decided it wasn't for us. And we're like, no, no, thank you. We're stopping this. We don't want it on a recommended Netflix. We don't want any other TV shows that look like this on our Netflix recommendation feed. Please, please put it away. We don't want any connection to it. And now it's resurfacing to our Netflix recommendation feed because (laughs) I watched it for the episode. So that's great. I'm sure they're thanking me right now. So yeah, I think that's our experience with Riverdale. For those of you who don't know what Riverdale is and you heard all of this nonetheless, um, thank you. If you guys are familiar with Archie comics, Riverdale is allegedly based on them. Um, From what I understood, it has very, very little connection to Archie as a comics because Archie is supposed to be more like a feel good, you know, everyday situational comedy thing. Never read an Archie comic in my life. Wanted to disclose that. But uh, Riverdale is more like a gritty drama with a lot of crime and plot holes and things that don't make sense. They changed the characterization of a lot of characters from what I've heard. Any resemblance to their original comic counterpart is non-existent. Are you familiar Wait with Wait a Archie? second. So Archie is supposed to be the main character here? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So this is more of an ensemble cast now where it's supposed to be like evenly distributed between Archie, Betty, Jughead, and Veronica. But obviously the original Archie comics were following Archie. But I think because a lot of things were changed to make it, you know, a more edgy version of Archie, um, the sole focus on him also changed. I see. Okay. Because I had to watch the episode twice. Me too. Um, because there are so many people and I have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So I had to like rewatch it just so I get to memorize or like recognize who's who. So from your previous watch that may or may not have happened, you only recognize their faces. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and nothing else. Sure. nothing and, else. Yeah. And I didn't read or I had no exposure to the comics was mm-hmm. it yeah I had no exposure to that whatsoever I see them quite frequently actually like whenever you go grocery shopping you'll have like all the magazines next to the checkout lanes 
Uh-huh. They almost always have like an Archie comic there for some reason. So, really? I mean, obviously it is very very popular and if you're bored while the cashier is like checking out all your items or just stare at the magazine covers. So, I do know the iconography of how it looks like. I just never ever read it. Did you recognize any of the actors from previous works? So, for example, Cole Sprouse who is who plays Jughead, he was a Disney star. Um he played in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody which I grew up on so obviously I recognize that. Who does he rec- play in that? I think he plays Cody. Really? Yeah, I do not recognize him at all. I mean he dyed his hair. He was yeah, blonde there and then he, he dyed blonde. his hair black here which suits him. You watched it. It looks so then. different though. Looks really? So different. I think, I it's think recognizable, so. especially if you watch Sweet Life on Deck which is where they're like a bit older and he was a teenager. No, I didn't watch that. You did not. Okay. <laughs> um and I think the rest of them are relatively unknown or at least I've never seen them in any other like anything else, but I definitely know of Cole Sprouse from way before Riverdale. Right. I think we essentially cover everything relating to Riverdale. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. I'm going to give them a lot of flack for the changes to the lyrics and I'm just acknowledging the changes to the lyrics is not like Riverdale's fault. I'm going to say a fault because I don't like the changes they made. So, I heard a lot of other people attributing the lyric changes to something that is more PG and less curse-worthy and offensive, quote unquote, to Riverdale's choice, but Heather's the musical actually has a very interesting history. One of the people who wrote for Heather's the musical originally Uh, Also wrote for Legally Blonde, which we covered and I also love. And him and the other writer made a high school version where they changed pretty much every single scene because every single scene has something explicit in it. And the high school version is what was sung here in this episode. A lot of the questionable lyric changes that were made, not because of incompetent staff from the Riverdale writing, it's from the incompetence, I'm so sorry, of the original writer. And that's why you should just let things go. Interestingly enough, there was also a high school version of Legally Blonde. And I can only distinctively remember one inappropriate thing. Like not even a scene thing, like one occurrence in Legally Blonde was inappropriate. I don't understand why you need to like make it more high school, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I don't know if you also noticed the lyric changes. Some of it, but I, I don't know if they change it for all the songs. I would say almost all of them. Anything that like jumped out at you? Um, I can't really recall it right now. What about you? Oh, there are plenty, but I'll just like say it when we're doing the summary for everything. So we open with a song, Beautiful, just like in the musical. And right off the bat, I'm just going to say that There are way less songs here than in the musical itself, which makes sense. This is a 40-minute episode. The original musical is two hours, and they have to somehow condense two hours of content into 40 minutes. So it's natural that they have to cut a lot of the songs, especially the songs that are completely inappropriate, like Blue. Can I just say one complaint? I was going to save this until later, but I was actually so disappointed that they decided to cut Meant to Be Yours out. Oh, That's no. my favorite. Oh, and it's no. so creepy. It they, fits so well. I don't get it. They include another creepy song. So they include like Our Love is God, which is like, I think the OG creepy. So I, I, understand. I don't like it that much though. I think musically it's not as nice. Meant to be yours is like the creepiest author. 
of all the songs I think <laughs> I think like Yo Girl and Meant to Be Yours I said as a couple they're my favorite thing in any time musical they cut my favorite too as a standalone yeah um which is freeze your brain so we both have to deal with it I think um yeah very tragic obviously neither of us are familiar with the plot or the people or anything I'm just going to say what they had in like the previously on Riverdale for people who may be familiar with it and still want to hear our opinion on it so just based on the previously on this is not the first musical that has been on the show so they previously have done Carrie the musical and maybe others I don't know I I think they they will do other musicals going on so maybe this is something that is recurring and during the Carrie production someone was murdered there are so many musicals you could choose to do like you can literally choose to do Mean Girls which has like very similar elements but nobody dies I mean somebody gets hit by a bus but nobody dies um so it's an interesting choice definitely I mean Heather is a dark not dark it is definitely dark, dark. yeah it is dark, dark. dark musical <laughs> and I'm guessing that it, it fits you know with mm-hmm. what Riverdale's trying to try to tell and that's the, true in the beginning of the episode you also see I, I don't know who she is to be honest but like one of the teacher like adult was like voting against it oh okay so i have a thing about that okay okay so the episode proper opens with the mayor the mayor concerned about the high school play why on earth would the mayor be concerned wait is she veronica's mom she is then then that's why she's there no but she's the mayor doesn't she have stuff to do yeah like caring about her daughter And like what the school is trying to teach her at school. No, no, like imagine just being concerned about the production that people are going to watch for school. It's not even a teaching, it's an extracurricular thing. Oh, I mean, I don't know what happened prior. Maybe, and there was somebody dead in the school. Maybe that's why she- That's the carry. That's what happened in the carry production. So somebody died then. And it makes sense because there's also murder all over carry. It's a horror like movie or book, I think. It's a book by Stephen King first, right? Mm -hmm. You're the horror person. So I'm asking you for confirmation. (laughs) (laughs) You're the horror person? Yeah. That, that That sounds really bad. Is it not? Is it not true? It's not- entirely true i don't watch horror movies that much i like psychological (laughs) thrillers and that's different than horror movies like for example i can't do bloody if i see like people die um like the saw or something where like people get murdered like i would not i i cannot i cannot see any scene that's bloody I did not know that about you. I knew that. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I know. Obviously, for me, the egregious thing about horror is the psychological aspect, like, you know, the fear before the jump scare, for example. And considering from at least what I know, that's what you like. I was like, oh, Claire, the horror person. Obviously. No, 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 no. Not at all. <laughs> and I also cannot do ghost. So anything supernatural, no I cannot. Yeah. Okay. What was the ghost movie thingy that was like supposed to be filmed in a home? And what is it called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? There's a lot. <laughs> uh, the paranormal activity. Oh my god! I went to see it with my friends in high school. You and, did. Uh, <laughs> when I think there was supposed to be a scene that kind of is the scariest part, probably because uh-huh. like their their camera filmed a ghost or something, and right. I cover my eyes the entire time. Oh. So the entire movie, I just see like a security camera 
inside somebody else's home and you see <laughs> like stuff moving maybe a little bit but you don't see anything uh-huh. until the very end which I totally just decided to to skip so mm-hmm. yeah I don't I didn't see shit <laughs> that's good that's good I mean it's which is better, good yes it's better not to like scar yourself for life I think oh for sure the thing that really messes me up is even if I cover my eyes and that's something that I think of as scary the music is always always really oh. really like suspenseful and scary anyway and I was mm. like oh I know something scary is happening and I don't even need to see it in order to be afraid I can just hear the music and I was like okay time for me to like shit my pants like I cannot deal with it at all um, <laughs> <laughs> so why do you have to accompany it with you know the soundtrack it's unnecessary I know, right? I know. Sorry, what were we talking about? Um, we're talking about the mayor. In my opinion, it makes oh, no right. sense for the mayor to complain, but okay. So one of the students, and that student is Kevin, very organically, that was sarcastic, introduces the first song, which is beautiful, reasoning that the lyrics of that song are very relevant to the students' lives. What are your thoughts about this number? <laughs> okay, first of all, I have no idea who's Kevin. And even wa- after watching this show two times, I still don't know. Kevin is the director. Is like what he- I-, I know he's the director. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I can't distinguish him with the other guy. Oh, really? Um, and I think they both saw the ghost or something. But I the have other no guy's idea. His boyfriend, I think. At least they, see- like, they have a scene his of them boyfriend? kissing. They have a scene of them kissing when they're initiated into the cult. What? Really? Yeah. I totally missed it. When they I sing think. Our Love is God. Oh, that was the director and the other dude? Yeah. Who's who the other saw dude? The, the dude who also saw the ghost, yo. <laughs> yeah, but like, who is he? Oh. Does he have a part? Does he play a role in Heather's? He, he has a part, but we don't know what part is. So like, they have oh, a okay. scene where they go around and say like, what their part is. But he does the exercises where with Evelyn, but uh-huh. we we aren't introduced to him. So I'm guessing he's like an extra or background character. Oh, geez. All right. Too many people. Too many people. (laughs) Okay. So what I think about the song, vocally, it's nothing close. (laughs) It's so disappointing. I mean, I get it that they're not professional singers. And I actually have more complaints about this, like later down the road when we get to other Mm -hmm. songs. But it's just, yeah, it's not close. It's not nearly as good as yeah. the original i appreciate the effort though uh-huh. um even though i thought like the way they introduced or the the transition into the song was so awkward well for <laughs> sure like, oh, how about the first song and then they just start playing this <laughs> and they just start right very organically for sure oh, like they did such yeah. an amazing job <laughs> what about you i have a few thoughts so i mean because Riverdale is not something that I gravitate towards or something that mm-hmm. I find is within my genre even, I try to like be objective. And if there is something that I thought was well done, I would definitely call that out. The majority of it, in my opinion, isn't well done. Um, as somebody who does like Heather's the original show a lot. So I'm definitely going to lay it on thick which I didn't like it or if somebody was a really bad singer but I just wanted to put it as a disclaimer that it's no I'm not like trying to 
shame the actors or the singers uh, in here because it's very difficult to put on like a musical in general, especially when your bread and butter is acting rather than singing. And the fact mm-hmm. that they do it in general is really, really good. Also, a lot of them. So, for example, Kevin, if I'm not mistaken, he has Broadway training so really yeah so he's supposed to be able to sing and there are a couple of characters uh one of which i thought was the worst female singer um her name was josie oh yeah i agree who was the worst female singer but she's a musician in the show so did you watch beauty and the beast the disney live action version i did but i can't remember anything so if you ask me i'm gonna say i don't remember oh no no that's fine so like okay if you remember I guess the overall feel of it so this is when I stopped watching Disney live action because it was really really pissed at this um Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because everything sounded really really auto-tuned and apparently it was unnecessary so Emma Watson who plays Belle didn't sound all that bad but because of the severe auto-tuning they made her sound like she's much much worse than she actually is so I'm wondering if something similar has happened here because the entirety of all the numbers were super duper auto-tuned and so Mm. it could be that characters or actors who actually can sing just sound like they can't because you can hear the auto-tune playing so you assume that the reason why the auto-tune is at play because is because they can't sing And it is possible that they're making everything worse. So I don't want to shame the actor at all because it is possible that the final version we got doesn't reflect their actual capabilities. That being said, (laughs) in general, even though Kevin supposedly has Broadway training and musical abilities, I thought he was really, really bad in this number specifically. And it could be that, you know, it wasn't suitable for his voice, like the entire number, because it was meant to be sung by you know, a girl part and they didn't adjust it to his pitch correctly. Or maybe the specific parts in the song they've given him weren't as suitable for him, uh, which is entirely possible. So he really underperformed for me in this song. And in general, almost no guy had a good singing voice or parts that suited a voice in general at all. And specifically within this number, I think it was one of the worst for them. I don't know if you felt the same. I think most guys, I think everyone, to be honest, just didn't have a great voice to start Mm -hmm. with. That's Mm -hmm. why I think. I can't really remember anyone being particularly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think some people had good moments. But I have tolerance for this, though. I feel like I can... I can let it slide. Like I have lower expectation, lower standard for them uh-huh. um, versus like when I'm actually watching the actual musical. Yeah. So like, remember how one of my complaints last week when we talked about Heather's was that I feel like a lot of things when they singing in the musical live, like it, it sounds pretty bad, but then the soundtrack was actually pretty good or like mm-hmm. way better. Yeah, I think specifically would, you had that with yeah. the understudies. Oh, for sure. And I would have, I will be having a lot of critiques about that because Mm -hmm. I think musical, you know, it's all about the live music. It's all about the experience that you can have right at the moment. But then for TV show, eh, they're not professionals. And like you said, they're probably doing some like auto-tuning or whatever. You did not hear the auto-tuning. It was so egregious. To be honest, at this point, I just decided to let it go. Oh, that's fair. Honestly, I understand. I'm not 100%. going to like examine the music critically because <laughs> uh, there's no point. That's 100 so, fair. Honestly, I came into this episode thinking more like, how are they going to incorporate all the songs uh, into the plot? Will it still make sense? You know, mm-hmm. 
and less about like I guess examining how they sing so that was my mindset I see I mean I feel like we won't be able to judge how they incorporate it into the plot because we don't know the plot that well like I try to piece together things just like hanging on every word they had (laughs) all right that's fair (laughs) I don't know if you noticed that but that was something that also bothered me the entire time the choreography is just laughable and when I say laughable I mean like I I roped Emma to watch it with me um so Emma and I actually laughed out loud watching it um specifically when Kevin sings if we change back then we could change again he and the actors in the background did some kind of like petulant swinging from side to side it was so weird and I noticed that I was like what the (laughs) heck is going on like what is happening why why am I watching this so the choreography is horrendous (laughs) the entire time and I'm not a dancer I think I said like once every two episodes or something that I'm not a dancer I have great appreciation to every dancer out there but I could do better okay okay that's a very strong statement it is it is yeah okay um, I can feel how much you disagree with uh, with the choreography then do you not did you, did you not just look at it and like laugh out loud at places to be honest like I said I have much lower expectation right and I guess plus since it's like a high school theme tv the show choreography come on choreography I know I know I know but then they're like students they're supposed to be students right like do you expect them to like perform high-end super difficult like challenging actually moves? I do because really the majority of the cast are cheerleaders and they got a choreographer okay okay I know what what you mean but like they have a choreographer so like when they you know the for the song candy store they show that but and then I was like all right that's not very good either but (laughs) (laughs) but for all the other ones um I'm more okay with it I'll say I see I see I agree it's not very good thank you that's all I needed (laughs) in terms of like the other singers I think like either Veronica or Betty so Betty in 17 for example and Veronica in this song when she does lifeboat I don't I don't think she has as strong vocals have pretty good vocals here considering everybody else but just everything is so heavily heavily auto-tuned comparing it to other musical episodes Buffy it just so noticeable and it really bothered me yeah and just in I really don't want to be mean but the actor who plays Ram, so I believe his name is Reggie in the show, and he's also like Veronica Hookup in this episode, is by far the worst singer here. So he sings like you're going to die at 3 p.m. And I think that's a relatively okay vocally line to sing. It's not very challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How could he not get it? <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't want to be me. Like, again, I'm really, really sorry. Oh. It could be editing. It could be the autotune. It doesn't have to be the actor himself, but like gets... I don't know what they're called, like a ghost. You know how you have a ghost writer? Get a ghost act, uh-huh. like voice actor or whatever. Get somebody <laughs> to sing the line for him. And in terms of like Kevin, the Y low notes, it's like half sung, half spoken. It's like really hilarious oh, to yeah. listen to. In terms of what is done that is good, I think. So I like that they color coordinated the character to clue you in on who plays whom before it's revealed so like Mm. veronica wears yellow because she'll be heather mcnamara betty wears green because she'll be heather duke and cheryl obviously is going to be heather chandler and she has like her signature 
red color which not knowing much about Riverdale I still knew that Cheryl is red so if they dropped the ball here and not make her Heather Chandler it would have been very bad um so I'm glad they did that I thought that was kind of like nice to see and it's a nice easter egg because before they introduce them as the Heathers you see them all separately I also really like the outfits in general so they take the iconic colors obviously and they modernize it completely um to the point that I would 100% wear the outfits they have I thought they were really really cute so yeah, those those were the high notes, I think, for me for the number. And I think we also have like a point where there is a break in between the song and we just go to see one of the characters who is not in the production, which is Jughead, who is one of the main characters. Don't you think Jughead would have been a perfect JD? That's what I thought too. He totally gives me the JD vibe. Right? So I was like, what a wasted opportunity. They got a random actor. I don't even know his name to play JD. Actually, he has like one scene with the actress who plays Tony but he has absolutely no relevance and Jughead not only gives a JD vibe he also would like kill it as JD I think. In this little cutaway we see that Jughead's mom is a drug dealer or something along those lines and they want to bust her lab on their own and they talk about like it's some kind of no big deal thing and I find it actually insane. Like, mm-hmm. imagine just casually talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bust my mom's drug lab. No big deal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? The show is a little bit insane. <laughs> Was that his real mom, though? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it, it could be like a stepmom or something. I thought it was his real mom because, I mean, we're going to spoil everything. It's, well, I'm going to spoil everything. It's not going to be in order. But um, yeah, so he says that she took his childhood home. And that's why he was reluctant to blow it up later on. So I don't think a stepmom would have necessarily access to his childhood home or that kind of connection. Um, well, maybe she left him at a young age or something. I have no idea. Yeah, but... but- Mm-hmm. I, I agree like he definitely screams JD to me yeah <laughs> the other actor who plays JD I had no idea what he looks like oh, I can't remember now I remember <laughs> he looks so much like JD he looks so much like um what's this what's the person's name oh my god I already can't remember <laughs> the dude Which the dude, dude that we're talking about like the, the one that would play the perfect JD oh yeah uh Jughead Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's his name? That's a weird name. I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the next number is Candy Store. So a random girl named Evelyn is asked to co-direct the Heathers musical with Kevin, who previously used to be the sole director. Um, Evelyn is clearly evil based on, you know, everyone's and especially Betty's reactions. And both Evelyn and Kevin decide to bring a choreographer to the musical based on the choreography so far, as I made very well known. Great decision. I fully support it. And the choreographer is a girl named Tony. And Cheryl is not happy, to say the least. They do a riff on the famous Heather line, which is like, well, fuck me gently with a chainsaw, but they made it PG with, does anyone have a chainsaw because what the, and then they cut um, before the curse word like is uttered, which I thought was strange because apparently you're not allowed to say the F word, but um, they said bitch in the previous number. I don't really understand the laws around what PG is allowed, what curse word are allowed in PG and whatnot, but I thought mm-hmm. it was curious. And after the cut, we see a theater exercise led by Evelyn, at the end of which Kevin prompts the actors to get ready for Candy Store, another very natural, seamless transition to Candy Store. 
but to be honest in this specific case i don't know how i feel about it because it is obviously very abrupt abrupt and unnatural but i don't know i think like because it they are in rehearsal they make it feel like oh you know we're going to the next scene moving on so in the context of the rehearsal i don't know if you felt it made more sense compared to like how they introduced beautiful for example i think so but it's still a weird one yeah for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know. The first time I watched it, I actually missed, um, I think there was one line saying that after she broke up with Tony. So I had no idea why they were um, such rivals, I guess. Oh, I did. And then later on, mm-hmm. um, when they, you know, like, I guess made up or something, and I was having a total shock. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I thought they hate each other. And, you know, girls hate each other in high school all the time. And part of the reason why they fight all the time, it seems like, based on this episode alone, is like Tony is also wearing red. And that was one of the scene. And I was like, okay, maybe like they're like jealous of each other being popular, whatever. And then later on, they're like kissing and then saying like, I want to stay with you and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? So first time coming into this, I had no idea why they're fighting. And then second time watching it, I still don't understand why they're like so aggressive toward each other in a way. But um, sorry, I like go completely off track. But going back to your question, um, yeah, it's a weird transition. But I think it's a slightly better one, though, compared to be too beautiful. Yeah, just because of like the setting around it, for sure. But I also I didn't catch that line. I'm even on the second watch uh, apparently you did but I was like I have no idea what's going on with them like she obviously doesn't like her and maybe it's because when they introduced the choreography Cheryl kind of like perked up and she looked like she wanted to be the choreographer she thought they were going to mm-hmm. announce her as a choreographer so I thought maybe that was the issue like her pride was damaged and the fact that she tried to take over her red color just exacerbated that so even on the second watch I didn't get the line that they broke up before so mm-hmm. it was just very strange when they got back together in terms of the choreographer tony is her name um and she tries to teach the heather is some of the steps but cheryl refuses and says she made her own which is just like super rude but okay and i think it's especially rude since tony is like hey i'm trying to be professional here um let's put everything aside for us so mm-hmm. yeah um and then they just sing Candy Store. It's not horrible, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like the the actress who plays Cheryl, I think mm-hmm. that was her name. She gives me a very strong Heather's vibe. Yeah. So I think she actually plays a pretty good Heather's. Yeah. But I can also see Betty being a really good Heather, though. Yeah. I don't know. I, obviously I don't know much about like her personality before this episode so maybe she's like a completely not bitchy person but then based on what I see in this episode I'm like okay she can be a pretty good Heather's as well what I thought is they should have shifted around Betty to be Heather McNamara and Veronica to be Heather Duke just because Veronica is really not Heather McNamara and yeah I think Um, so too yeah and Betty has like moments especially when she's with Jughead that she's very like nice (laughs) um which you don't see the majority of other characters I mean obviously narratively they had to make her McNamara because of her whole like boat yeah yeah parent drama but personality wise it really was a poor poor fit 
And in general, at least from what I know about Archie, which may have not translated here, Betty is supposed to be like the girl next door and Veronica is supposed to be like this glamorous girl. I think she's from New York or something and she moves to like their small town. So I think they dropped the ball a little bit with the casting, but they also mm-hmm. had to do it because Veronica, um, sorry, Betty sings 17 and it doesn't make sense not to give Veronica anything. So I think that's also part of the reason. In terms of candy store... I don't know. Cheryl doesn't sound bad. I agree. So she sounds actually pretty good. Um, obviously, they're still super auto-tuned. And another issue I had was the force and authority the song usually expresses aren't there. So she sounds kind of weak. There is no bite to it. And I think it's partially because she's singing it without any like voice deflection or emotion. So just like making it her own. And that could be the direction of the director and obviously not her fault. Because I think she's capable of, you know, putting more voice deflections or making it more of her own, but she was directed not to do that. So Mm -hmm. I actually thought her performance was pretty good. The lyric changes are super funny here. (laughs) (laughs) You noticed it? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Because they have quite a few. So which one do you you like the most? Do I like the most? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so hard to pick. I just thought, like, honestly, all of them kind of funny yes (laughs) I don't know what do you think though there are a few so there are one that are just mind-boggling and there are one that like are just hilarious so one of the 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 lyrical choice changes I thought were really funny and unnecessary is Mm. um like there is a line in the original one where it says well you could come and smoke pound some rum and coke um and then they literally they literally reference like drugs with Betty and Jughead in this episode so I don't understand why they changed it they changed it to something that is more PC that doesn't mention drugs but the show itself like referenced drugs so it makes no sense and like other things are like what is it uh you just gotta prove you're not a doorknob anymore (laughs) yeah I noticed that one too sorry (laughs) doorknob if I were them I would just repeat loser like loser is okay yeah so I thought that was really really hilarious but again this is the high school version Riverdale staff had absolutely nothing to do with it and it just the writers did a pretty good job in my opinion with lyrics in the original one and then they really dropped a ball when they made it the high school version so yeah also the choreography Again, (laughs) another issue with choreography for me. It's really sexualized. So, I mean, I could see Cheryl's entire underwear when she does like the high kick. It's very like suggestive. I don't see the reason why you would do that considering the entire time you're trying to skirt away from making things sexual in the first place you're like oh you know these they're in high school so obviously they're like we're admitting all the references to things are explicit and then you make them do that and you have a girl sing about a threesome later on like I don't see the big idea you might as well keep it in the original version without Mm -hmm. and sexualize them or just do neither Mm -hmm. But yeah, also yeah, the threesome part was so weird too. But we'll get to really, that later. Yeah. yeah, it was really inappropriate. So I thought like having that kind of like juxtaposition, I guess, between making it very, very sexual on one hand and then very PC on the other hand, it, it didn't go well for me. 
In terms of the vocals, I think Tony sound pretty good at first because she comes in, they kind of like have a dance off almost between them to establish who is more dominant, I suppose. When she comes in, she comes in with a belt and it's very aggressive and I think it suited the nature of the song. But then she com- becomes kind of breathy and she maintains that kind of performance later on in uh, Dead Girl Walking. So um, I was a little bit disappointed because obviously she is capable of making it more true to the original, but... It, it didn't continue that way. And yeah. also I found the sound effects really, really funny. I don't know if you noticed them, but they have a lot of like no, whooshes. They have like whoosh from the high kick. And whenever Tony um, hair like swooshes as well, they have like a whoosh. So it was I really, noticed really that funny. in the dead, dead girl walking. Yes. So as she was like <laughs> pointing something and yeah. then there was like a shift sound to yes. it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. So they maintain it like anime. Yeah. Oh, really? That's true. Imagine, like, a fight choreography or something with all the <laughs> background sounds. And it's not related, but I really like how Evelyn dresses throughout the entire episode. I like it, especially, like, the Heather's outfit. I think mm-hmm. it's really nice. It's very fashionable. Mm-hmm. I actually like Tony's outfit later, like, the red one, too. Mm. But other than that, I don't really recall any outfits in particular. Yeah. To be honest, though... When you say, like, Evelyn is, like, clearly the evil one or something, I did not get that in the first watch. Oh. And I was like, yeah, and there was a scene when, like, Betty um, approaches her and saying something like, oh, I know about your evil plan. And then oh, she replies. That's why you thought it was, she she could be a Heather. I yeah. See, I see. Okay. I'm like, oh, this blonde girl is being so mean. <laughs> like, Eve- just because Evelyn looks like she's less of the, you know, extroverted type or like the type that would be prop- uh, popular or pretty in right. school. Doesn't right. mean that you can talk to her like that. And <laughs> yeah, how wrong I was. Yeah, a little um, bit, a little bit. <laughs> I think it's just because I knew, for example, that they were the main characters and I don't think they would make the main characters mean unnecessarily. Um, so I was like, oh, she thinks it's suspicious and she is suspicious. But yeah, I think that's what Clued mean. Okay. So uh, after that, we have big fun. So Betty goes to confront Evelyn saying she knows what's what. And that's exactly what you were describing before or just now, I guess. Apparently, Evelyn is part of an organization called The Farm, which funds the musical and is trying to actively recruit members to join. It seems like this organization is some kind of like cult And Evelyn says the reason why the farm is sponsoring and she is co-directing the show is to have big fun. What a seamless, seamless way to transition (laughs) to it. (laughs) In a very unnatural way. She says it like, oh yeah, the only reason we're doing it is to have big fun. And imagine a human speaking like that. Just imagine. Who says that? (laughs) When was the last time somebody uttered the word big fun from their mouths and it wasn't related to Heather's like... That's true. So yeah, that positively caused me to like gag inside. It was like, yeah. So yeah, it was very forced. It was super forced. So uh, I, I just like on from the very beginning, I noticed how forced they were, and I was like, oh, they're one upping themselves every time when they're introducing a song because every time it sounds worse and worse except for a candy store which I think they actually did better so maybe not every time but uh, then we cut to Jughead at the police station playing investigator I think he was actually talking to his dad specifically he's investigating the drug problem his mom is responsible for and then we cut yet again to Veronica who is confronted by her parents separation apparently her mom betrayed her dad by selling drugs while he was in the hospital Again, I have absolutely no idea what's going on in terms of the plot. I didn't look it up after this. I didn't care for it. So I was like, I'm here for the songs. But what is going on with the town and drugs? So like, 
Veronica's mom, who is the mayor, is dealing drugs or doing something with drugs. Jughead's mom, if you're a parent, must you also be a drug dealer? I don't get it. I think her dad is like a mafia boss, right? That that sounds right for the aesthetic. Yeah, because I think there is a scene when maybe it's the next episode because I watched like maybe the first five minutes of the next episode. But then I think her mom mentioned like, oh, when a divorce like this happened, the mafia's boss's wife often just disappear and she's Mm -hmm. like worried about her own safety. So, okay, this is probably the next episode then. But then that probably says a lot about uh, Veronica's family. So her dad is a mafia head of mafia boss or like okay. gang or something and then her mom is a mayor how does that work mm. but it worked maybe it's a cover-up you know how like maybe. the best way to do it is just have all the power what can they do when the mayor is there that's a great point too yeah yeah so i was just like oh you know now we have two parents dealing drugs that's so interesting huh so yeah we cut after that to the party and big fun playing and what were your thoughts on big fun I hate the song. Oh, goody, me too. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, I didn't like the song to begin with. If you oh. remember my comment from last week. It's I'm going to be honest with you and I do not. <laughs> so I did not at all. Okay, okay. I don't like the song. I don't like how it sounds. And in this version, like in this episode, it feels like they're not singing. They're just shouting the song. Mm. There's no melody to it, mm. I don't think. I don't enjoy that necessarily. So I guess just the fact that I don't enjoy the song to begin with says a lot about why I don't like it as much. And I don't know, whenever whenever they try to cut into a song, it's just so awkward. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. Yeah. And oh. yeah, and that that's that's probably it. And the fact that they have so there was like a guy, I can't remember his name, but like he is flirting with Veronica and then Veronica changed the lyrics like Veronica Veronica <gasps> hot tonight yes! oh my god I was about to say this is my favorite line at all so the, the specific line I wrote it down oh, really? you? cleans okay. up all right Veronica is hot tonight <laughs> it's the most cringy <laughs> line I have ever I heard sung or spoken Rania cleans up all right Veronica is hot tonight I'm sorry. <laughs> what? And she refers to herself as the third person too. That is true. And That's number one, like cringy thing. And then she was like, "Oh, I'm hot tonight." <laughs> <laughs> so actually, two of my favorite lines are here. So this is my all-time favorite for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, like Josie goes all giggly with I'm actually having with like peak Valley Girl voice, and I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. It was like the most. The second most cringy thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so I actually super appreciated this number specifically for this. Like, it's gold, I think. Um, so obviously, as per tradition, this is super auto-tuned. And the choreography continues to suck, despite getting a choreographer now. During this number, Evelyn kind of like lays the groundwork to recruit Cheryl and Kevin and probably a bunch of others to the cult. So um, it hasn't been executed yet. But she's definitely laying the groundwork here. All right, the next one is Dead Girl Walking. So Veronica and Reggie sleep together after not being together for a while, it seems. Evelyn gives Kevin shrooms. Is that right? I think so. It's like a brownie, right? Yeah, and she's like 
farm cu- cultivated mushrooms or something and then she yeah. was like drink a lot of water or she was like instructing with care afterwards so it's is like, that oh. weed or it's actually mushroom does mushroom stand for something else yeah shroom shroom is like like a hallucinogen okay okay yes. okay it's a so I, I okay so i didn't misunderstand okay good yeah 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 so and then I think that this is the moment where he hallucinated the person who died during last year's musical. So I figure mm. it has to be drugs, right? I am guessing so. Yes. Yeah. So if the, he explicitly takes drugs in here and then they censor the drugs in the previous song, I don't get it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 was something that was left kind of ambiguous, and maybe that's why they let it slide. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here because I was trying to like ask kind of subtly what you think or if they think like if you actually think that he took drugs. But I think we're in agreement that he did. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then Kevin shares his experience seeing the ghost of the person who died last year during next day's trust exercise and rehearsal. So the rest of the cast also share per- painful secrets. Um, and it's revealed that Archie and Josie are dating and that Veronica's parents are separating. And there was the, as a result of like hearing those news, Reggie is mad at Veronica for essentially using him as a coping mechanism rather than genuinely wanting to be with him, which I think makes sense. Like, I understand why he's angry. He's not painted as the brightest person. He's kind of like, I guess, kind of like the person who he plays, like Ram, like a dumb jock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that's a reasonable thing for him to get mad at, right? I guess so. But to be honest, I'm like so not, I, I, I just didn't really care about <laughs> like the love, romance, struggle, triangle, rectangle, whatever. <laughs> and frankly speaking, I couldn't, Ram's face not Ram what's his name Reggie Reggie's face it's like I can't remember what he looks like really when he had and and Veronica had like a conversation I think after everyone left or something I'm like who's this dude and then on the (laughs) the subtitles is uh, Reggie and I'm like oh are you really bad with faces I'm really bad with faces okay that explains I I thought he has a very distinctive face (laughs) that's why I can't recognize Archie because he's like you know blonde. Um, Archie's not blonde. He is blonde. No, he has is red he not? hair. He has red hair. Well, he has. He doesn't have dark hair. All right. Very then, very distinctively dyed red hair. But then, oh my god, Betty's love interest. So like the the dude with the hat, Jughead. And, yes, and and this dude, they both have dark hair, and Kevin too. I think uh-huh. so. I can't really tell who's who oh, between man. the three of them. That's how bad I am with faces. Interesting. So if you're a fan <laughs> out there and you're like, "How can you not?" Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Okay, I get that. I think like he has a pretty distinct looking face, but I I think it's better that you forgot just because his singing is so bad. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I think this is a plus in your favor for sure. For sure. Then uh, after that, we cut to Archie confronting Josie about the relationship being publicly revealed. Josie is hesitant to make them official still because she thinks she and Archie are together just because they're both lonely. So apparently they both had like breakups relatively recently and they confide in each other or find solace in each other. And after that, we cut to Evelyn telling Cheryl that Tony is wearing red to school. Red being Cheryl's signature color. So I guess it's a big no-no. 
this moment is actually I, I like a bit because there is a riff on two famous quotes that are from the movie. So the original is What's Your Damage, Heather? It became What's Your Damage, Child of the Corn? Children of the Corn is another like famous horror book or movie. And I think it's also Stephen King. I'm not sure. Don't come after me. I don't know horror. And another really famous quote is Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Which they also had in the musical, by the way. It became um, Did you have lobotomy for breakfast? Um, And this one is particularly well used in this scene because Heather Chandler originally says this when Heather Duke asks if she can be red instead of green. And this is exactly what's happening here. So I think it's it's well used. But yeah, as a result of this unforgivable offense, Cheryl threatens Tony to leave the school by Monday or else, you know, bad things will happen. And then cue dead girl walking. The moment she says, like, you have until Monday... (laughs) And I'm like, all right, <laughs> that, that girl walking is coming up. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right, I have a lot of complaints about this song because it's one of the songs that I enjoy more mm-hmm. in the original musical. So mm-hmm. I like how this song sounds. I like the the acting in the original play or I like the original musical. But then this one is so weird because like, she looks like she's like, oh, what am I going to do? And then she goes into like a library-ish kind of room. Right. And she grabs like one of her friends, I guess. And then she goes on to grab another dude mm-hmm. and then bring them both to the stage. And then they're like, what the heck are we doing here? And then she continues singing the song and be like, oh, I'm a dead, I'm a dead girl walking, whatever. And then the two of them just start taking off their clothes. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And then after that, she sees like um, I guess it's illusion of Cheryl. Yeah. And I guess like by this point, she realized like who she really loves or whatever. So she turns to the two people and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. And then she just ran off. And I'm like, what the hell? I'll be so confused. I'm actually so confused as audience. So mm-hmm. imagine if I'm one of those two people. Right. I'd be so confused. So <laughs> this whole scene is just so confusing. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's out of nowhere. It's very random. And it's just super inappropriate, I think. Right. Um, and I have no idea why they decided to do it this way. Like mm-hmm. there is tons of other ways for her to realize her feelings for Cheryl, I guess. And that's the direction they're trying to take. But why bother pulling two people into like a threesome thingy on stage on stage too they're doing this on like mm-hmm. the stage that rehearsed and I'm like what the hell this isn't school this isn't broad daylight yeah so who thought is a good idea to do all that stuff and then put it into the song like I know I get it dead girl walking is like about you know like she goes to jd's window and then you know asking for sex i guess Mm -hmm. but then you don't actually have to do it literally like that and the fact that she pulls two people not one but two was also (laughs) very troublesome to me but anyways i'm just very confused overall yeah yeah uh i had pretty much the exact same thought so i thought Obviously, it's very, very sexualized. Like, just the idea of Tony having threesome in the school, specifically. So, like, threesome aside, whatever. In the school, in the auditorium, during time when there are students in the school still. So, we don't know if it's during school hours or still relatively 
recently after school is done because you know they're just hanging out in the library so that's super inappropriate and the only reason why this didn't occur allegedly is because she changed her mind in the very last moment we also never see her interact with the people she was going to sleep with she just like randomly sees them and goes like me like he and that's it so i mean the the guy she pulls that's the guy who plays jd so i'm guessing she didn't interact with him before but i never seen her interact with a girl before she just like saw her in the library so i i really don't know and she never like exchanged a word with either of them in terms of like the sound quality i don't like tony's voice in here i don't think it's very suitable for her because they make her sound very breathy and more seductive rather than crazy and desperate like it's supposed to be like this is supposed to be a very desperate song um, because she literally thinks that her life is gonna end but in the end she makes her sound very seductive instead and very very like breathy mm-hmm. like not not a very good interpretation I think for the song and that goes hand in hand with the sexualization for sure uh, for sure and I think we mentioned this before the sound effects were sending me they're so hilarious just like the finger swishing and the hair just like hilarious but the, men- the part that you mentioned, Cheryl, I actually did like that. So they have Cheryl, for some reason, like come from the heavens above to be the good angel on Tony's shoulder and be the voice of reason. And when she does, she's kind of illuminated. And then when Tony dismisses her, she slowly fades into black. And I think like cinematically, I don't know if that's the right word for this. I really like this moment. Um, and I also really like Tony's acting in that moment because she actually looks sad and conflicted like she's supposed to look in the song, in my opinion. And the other, I would call it nitpicky because I don't think it's a big part of the show. The show is not for like the singing ability that they have, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. But when she belted in like, let's make this beautiful in the very end, it sounded like the most autotune portion of the entire show. All right, so now we get to our resident creepy song number that took over your preferred song number so I apologize Um, (laughs) so uh, we cut to Jughead assembling a group to find the drug lab and he asks Betty to join him but she did some snooping of her own and found out that Avalyn called some of the cast members to rehearse at the farm and she wants to investigate it so she goes to the farm and sees Evelyn initiate Kevin and his boyfriend into the farm in a very freaky cult looking ritual mm-hmm. and during that ritual they sing our love is God uh, which actually I thought considering it's kind of like a creepy song and it has very like fitting undertones for the scenes they chose for it so I thought it was a very good choice to include it in general and to include it in this specific moment but just something again nitpicky that doesn't really matter much why do they always leave the door slightly ajar in movies and shows like people can come and snoop and Betty even like takes incriminating photos just because the like the door was slightly opened just close mm. the door lock the door more specifically <laughs> why why are you leaving why why you already know Betty suspects why maybe I don't know I have no idea what happens after this yeah. episode obviously Fair. but could it be that she wants her to find out in a way because she knows that um, obviously we see um, Betty trying to bring this up with like the principal or something and then Mm -hmm. it didn't work right Right. so maybe it's like she didn't care like she didn't even try to hide her evil plan or whatever 
but I have no idea because I honestly don't know what's up with the whole cult thing. Yeah, I feel like that's right. But then again, I feel like she also tried to initiate or to reason with Betty about the cult. She was like, oh, you have a lot of like hurt feelings inside of you, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to share? And Betty didn't take that too well, obviously, because she was like, oh, this is one of your cult tactics. So I, I feel like maybe her preferred method or preferred end result is for Betty to be in the cult. And doing that is not really a good look for her. But who knows? We, we again, don't know. If you feel like letting us know, you know, in a message um, or in an email, we would be fascinated, I think. So if you follow the show, let us know. Yeah, I think the, the number actually sounds pretty good. So it's very short. And specifically, Kevin sounds very decent here. So I think this is actually a number that suits his voice far, far more than Beautiful did. And it gets to showcase his abilities a bit more. And finally, for me, the choreography, again, never fails to make me laugh. So they have like a, I don't know, they kind of like sway in a circle with like their hands and doing some kind of like weird thing. And and a lot of it is just like circling, kind of like vultures in a very creepy, yet like hilarious way. And that makes them look more like children of the corn, like more than anything else I've done. So I thought that was really, really hilarious. What did you think of this number? Um, I honestly don't think too much. Vocal wise is not horrible. Like I think it's better than the others. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like what they do with the, the the white clothes and like the cult theme yeah <laughs> and this, I think it fits the song quite well and uh when I was watching this with my boyfriend and he was like what is even like our love is God what does I even mean and I'm like oh geez you gotta watch like the original one it has yes. like a totally different meaning but I think the fact that they are singing together and you see Evelyn joins in and then it actually gives me that creepy vibe a little bit mm-hmm. as well. And the fact that they have like candles, they have like people lined up behind them. They have, they're all dressing in white. They're like performing some kind of weird ritual. Um, yeah, it's very weird. And it's weirdly fitting to the song too. Totally. So out of all the songs that we seen so far, I think this one, it definitely is the best like overall just because um obviously our love is gone no no sorry that's not even the song um <laughs> the song in the original musical has like a different type of creepy vibe yeah. and then this one is like a totally different type of creepiness right. so yeah we see like jd's craziness in the original heather's musical but then here is like more cult related which i think is a good um change and an interesting one too so i like that what they trying to do with a song yeah i'm just really sad that it took my meant to be yours out oh i was really i was really curious and excited to see what they're gonna do with that one but i it didn't think we both blacked out in here imagine imagine if they've given it to like i don't know archie to sing meant to be yours or super I, even, archie wasn't even that bad imagine if they give it to like reggie or somebody i don't know like really really bad stuff could be horrendous results and who mm. could possibly sing freeze your brain all the guys parts bad no good so i i think we both actually lucked out even though it would have been fun 
to dunk on it a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. We're reaching my second least favorite in here. Which is? Which is fight for me. But before I actually talk about it, it doesn't mean that um, Our Love is God is your favorite for the entirety of the songs here, like in general, or just what we heard so far? What we heard so far. Okay. So fight for me. Josie goes to see Archie and Archie convinces her to give their relationship a chance. And this is essentially everything that happens here. So not a lot of description. I hate both their voices a lot. But Archie actually, Archie sounds much better here than the previous one, I have to admit. So he sounds a lot better, but it's still like in between singing and speaking range for him. So even though he's definitely passable, 100%, it's also an improvement. So mm-hmm. in terms of Josie, she sounds absolutely terrible. I'm so sorry. I know she's a musician in here. I'm sure she can sing. I, I know it. I feel it in my bones. She can sing. But either this is, isn't her genre or like Riverdale producers hate her. They pulled off something really, really mean on her, like a trick or whatever. They did her dirty here. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have no emotional attachment to any of the characters but I have to say out of all the plots or out of everything that's happened here I'm least attached to what is happening between Archie and Josie yeah I'm like I don't sense the chemistry it's boring Mm -hmm. I don't get it I mean I get it like what's (laughs) happening here but like yeah that's pretty much it in the fact they have to like force a song into the scene is also a little bit weird for me I don't mm. yeah I don't know I just don't feel too much emotionally about what's happening between them and yeah. honestly I don't really care too <laughs> and that's probably <laughs> why but yeah yeah I agree her vocal is just not the greatest yeah like, and I feel oh. bad I feel bad because I know the actors are doing their best and this is really difficult it just I have to be honest yeah but after the fall came the well what is it after the rain came the rainbow what's the expression i don't even know the next song is my favorite in the musical in this version i mean (laughs) it's 17 so betty goes to the principal with the hard evidence she gathered snooping around the farm but it's too late the principal has already been indoctrinated into the farm himself so after finding that out betty confides in jughead and he asks her to come meet him since he also has some news then we cut to tony visiting cheryl in her bedroom with a drink which is another heather's reference and i did enjoy it and in a twist on it tony drinks from it first to prove it's not poison that's another thing i liked Tony wants to get back together. And the first time I watched that, I was like, I never realized there were exes. I was like, what's going on here? Oh my God, they were together. That explains so much. And they get back together singing 17. And I thought it was a very genuinely sweet moment. And meanwhile, Jughead found the drug lab in his childhood home. Then we cut to Kevin directly directing the actors who play Veronica and JD, how to sing 17, which is like, in his word, the emotional climax of the musical where the characters try to capture what's lost, their teen innocence, and they start singing. So another very, very obvious transition. I didn't really like the transition into the song. Wait, isn't it the transitions like they were talking on a couch or something? And then Betty's like, I have a crazy idea. Yeah, but right before that, they had this. So like you knew that this is coming. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like the 
I have a good idea. And she starts singing, we could watch a movie. We can bake brownies. And I know, I'm right? Like, I was like, how is that going to really? Yeah, <laughs> how is this relatable to what he's going through right now? And I don't know, like, the fact that she's, is this supposed to be a sweet, genuine moment? But I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that Betty was, like, leaning her head on um, on his shoulder and then seeing, like, can we just, can we not just be 17? And I'm like, all right, I don't get it. <laughs> It's like this all doesn't even fit here. It mm-hmm. doesn't even fit with your current situation. Like mm-hmm. what the hell? But I get it. So we see this couple, and we also see Tony and Cheryl. And I get it when you know Tony and Cheryl sing together because they literally just made up. So right. I get that part. But and I, I guess I like the fact that it speaks to two couples rather than just one. But just how it happened. It just beyond me. I don't. I don't really get how that's even possible. Like not possible, but like how does it even happen? Mm-hmm. It just. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's fair yeah. for sure. Yeah, but vocal wise, uh, is one of the better ones. That's for sure. I agree for sure for sure. Um, I think it's like probably the most well done number in the episode specifically because I think there is less auto tuning here and Betty and Jughead especially sound great together. So I was actually mm-hmm. really apprehensive about Jughead singing at first because the first few lines that he was singing alone didn't sound so good, but when yeah. he was singing with Betty, I thought they sound really really good together. So I was kind of hyped for that. Yeah, and I think just like the characters of Jughead, Betty, Tony and Cheryl, they sound really good together as well when their voices intersect so uh i think it's it's pretty well done and also i know you said it's coming out of nowhere and i agree with that like her solution of let's just be 17 it doesn't address any of their problems because this is not the conflict for them this is the conflict in the musical but obviously not something that is relatable to them so it came out of nowhere in that sense but they're acting during the song i thought it was really really sweet i thought the acting was emotional and it deserved a plus for me at least mm-hmm. then we go to lifeboat So we cut to Jughead and Betty brainstorming how to get rid of the drug lab. Um, Jughead wants to preserve his childhood home if possible, but he's really conflicted because getting rid of it would be a better solution. And meanwhile, Veronica asks her father to come back home, but he refuses because the issue wasn't the drugs, but that Veronica's mom tried to kill him twice. And yeah, I completely get why they're divorced or going to get divorced now. Like... I think this is something that will take a lot to forget. <laughs> Veronica sings Lifeboat to express how lonely and depressed she feels. I have some thoughts about this, so why won't you go ahead first? I don't like it that much. I obviously don't really know what's happening with Veronica. Yeah. But I don't know why she gives me a really bitchy vibe. And like... I guess she knows about the fact that her mom was trying to kill her dad. So, yeah, in a way, I'm like, that family drama, it just way too dramatic. And it's probably on purpose, too. But, like, imagine having that happen. But, yeah. all right. And I guess it's because that all of this seems rather unrealistic in real life that I find it very difficult to connect with her struggle and her Mm. problem Mm -hmm. 
like I don't think my I don't think normally normal people's family would like try to have each other killed and and she knows about it too right so yeah it just makes me really it really hard to relate to her problems and hence I can't really feel the emotion there is no emotional connection to her Mm -hmm. singing for me at least Mm -hmm. and vocally to be honest she's not horrible she's not bad Mm -hmm. it's just not as strong like lifeboat is a very emotional number like it can convey a lot of emotion a lot of like anxiety depression self-doubt even but I feel like her vocal is not strong enough to express all that feelings so it seems like she's going through a lot and I believe that as a character she is going through a lot but I don't feel it in the song if that Mm -hmm. makes sense 100%. And plus, like how it's um presented, it's like you see the camera kind of go around Veronica as she sings, and that's about it. Like there's a light behind her, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm not asking for any like montages or anything. I think it's actually quite a nice way to do it for this song specifically because mm-hmm. it is a very personal, emotional song. Right. But her acting, her singing is not to that level. Like, I don't think it's as powerful as they wanted it to be. Um, So it came out rather bland for me. Right. Like, I don't feel too much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think this is about the same for me. So this is my thoughts, too. So they cut out the best moments of the song. Veronica sounds pretty good. Obviously, it goes without saying she's auto-tuned. And she's not as good as in Beautiful. And that's a shame because this is her solo. And what's the point in sounding good with the less less impressive parts of the song? And this is especially bad considering, you know, the actress, she's an actress. That's her main thing. And the parts of the song that are also more complex are the emotional climax of the character. And putting the singing aside, it's a great acting opportunity. So if it's very difficult for the actress to belt out those lines which is absolutely like it makes sense they have previously many many times changed the way a line is sung for beautiful it was especially in kevin's case to fit more to the actor's vocal range so they can do that and she can flex her acting ability and i think that would make up in her singing ability if it's not as good so I don't understand the rationale for cutting it because it could have been a really good acting opportunity for the actress and yeah I just as you mentioned she seems a little bit mean Veronica so the casting for this of making Veronica Heather Duke sorry making Betty Heather Duke and Veronica Heather McNamara makes really no sense for me especially since I think Betty proved her singing abilities more with 17 so I think she would be able to belt out those lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing is that lifeboat to me, it's like being lonely. It tells a lot about like even though you're surrounded by people, but deep down you're lonely. Yeah, and um, in that loneliness is part of the reason why I guess whoever sings the song is can be experiencing like great anxiety and depression, but then from what I see at least like Veronica seems to have a lot of friends I mean yes the guy that she's trying to get back with turned her down but she has Betty seems like they two are pretty close friends yeah so 
I don't know. It just I get it why they want to give lifeboat to her, but I just don't think it fits that perfectly. And obviously, that's also expected, I guess, because not every single plot is going to match with the purpose of the song perfectly. Right. But I just find it rather less convincing. I agree. I did not think it was a very well placed song for mm-hmm. sure. And then we finally get to the last song, which is my least favorite, and that's 17 Reprise. <laughs> so before the big performance, Jughead and Betty go to burn the drug lab, which is a growth moment for Jughead because he's giving up his childhood home. And Cheryl has her own growth moment because she suggests getting Tony a red lipstick because it looks good on her. So mm-hmm. it's obviously like sharing the color red, which was... a something she had an issue with in this very episode so I, I guess that's good and then they all sing 17 reprise in a very very awkward moment and then at the very end of the performance the farm members clap threateningly and everybody especially Betty and the cast look really concerned and I don't know if you recognized him but we find out Evelyn's I think it's her dad. That's the guy who plays Tristan in Gilmore Girls and the prince from a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff. He was really big in the 2000s. Chad Michael Murray, I think his name is. I'm not Did sure. not recognize whatsoever. Do you recognize hey, the, Like, do you know where he's look, from? Look, I don't even watch a romance movie, technically. Okay. Like, typically. So I would not know. I see. If, that, if that's what he was known for in the early 2000s, then... Um, yeah, there's a high chance I won't know. I think he's known mainly for like show. So like, as I said, Gilmore Girl, I guess he didn't watch that. No. Um, and One Tree Hill, I think is his big show. Nope. So as I mentioned, it's my least favorite song. It's a really, really bad way to end this. Um, they sound horrific together. They sound really bad. Again, really, really sorry. When I criticize this, I'm not criticizing the actors. I know it's difficult. I'm criticizing the overall production. They sound really bad together, especially when compared to the actual Broadway or Western cast. And they especially butchered the harmonization in My Friend, which was my favorite part in the song. And I hate it. The choreography, again, is pure trash. So they just stand in line and strip their jackets while swaying and stomping in the very end. And the stomping especially doesn't fit with the sentiment of the song. So not only is this one of the worst songs vocally, it's also one of the worst songs in terms of choreography because the way they're moving makes absolutely no sense with what they're singing. But one thing I like is they there, there is a cut where Jughead and Betty commit arson and then they drink slushies yeah 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 that part was good good. yeah I like that I appreciated that so there's like a silver lining there (laughs) but what do you think I also enjoy that scene a lot yes I'm like oh this is see this is what I mean this is the real JD no I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but I thought that scene was what was great like yeah, it really speaks to the original play. Oh, sorry, musical. Why do I keep saying play? But anyways, um, which is great. And they're drinking slushy. I'm like, oh, I see you. I see what you're trying to do it. Right. I see the connection. I like that. Um, very, very good. In terms of vocal, I agree it's not the best. It's pretty horrible. Mm. But I don't, I don't feel like I feel as strongly about it as you are. Yeah, I mean... I just kind of hope that the song ends quickly when I was listening to it Um, because they're just kind of all standing in line. And honestly, it kind of reminds me more of Seasons of Love 
rather than 17. Oh, in terms of how they're placed, right? Yeah. 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 But I guess I can see why that is. But on, I just feel very, I don't know. I didn't feel much about the ending for Heather's to begin with. Mm. So I thought the song was just okay as a finale. So naturally, when they have it also as a finale for this episode here, I also don't feel too strongly. I like the part when, I don't know, the, the cult people yeah. <laughs> started to stand up and like clap with like a strict face. Yes. That's the creepy part. Very See, creepy. I like creepy. So <laughs> I am like, oh my God, this is blowing my mind because I'm who, well, like, what the fuck is happening? Who are these people? Like, why are they here? And is Avalyn like the true devil, evil Oh, because you didn't catch. Oh, that's true. I didn't realize. Didn't realize what? That Evelyn was bad. Yeah, right? So that's what I mean. Like the first time I watched it, I didn't know. So that's why that has so many questions. And I guess that's why I watched it five minutes. That's true. It would be completely different (laughs) then. Yeah. Yeah. But second time I watch it, I'll be like, okay, okay. Now I know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit better. A little. But yeah. All right. So do you want to go into your final thoughts? Um, so this is my first time watching something like this. I don't think I never watched Glee before. So I never really I seen... just finished my third watch of Glee. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Maybe I should get into it too. I don't know. But uh, I never watched like a musical. I don't even know it's like a parody-ish kind of thing, like from mm-hmm. a TV show. Mm-hmm. So I had nothing to expect. Like I didn't know what to expect. And coming into this completely blind, obviously as somebody who did not watch uh, Riverdale at all, I had some difficulty, but mostly with like trying to figure out what's happening and who's who. And like I said, I'm super bad with faces and names. So when there's like maybe 10 characters at once, I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed. But in terms of like what I did with the musical, I'll say most of the times I try, like, I see that they try their best to fit the songs into the plot, but a lot of the times it just doesn't flow naturally, mm-hmm. and vocal-wise, obviously there is a little bit of lacking there because they're not professional singers, which is totally understandable, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be extra harsh on that, so most of the time I can just let it slide, kind of, except for some people, like, Archie and and Josie probably (laughs) when they sing I'm like all right I truly cannot but but yeah um and yeah like I like what I do with the song in terms of like for example our love is God well what's that song name that is called what our love is God right it is yeah yeah okay cool with a cult scene um or like candy store they have like different costumes and things like that and there are also some questionable choices or decisions mm-hmm. like this threesome thing in a dead girl walking mm-hmm. and things like that so there is some parts I appreciate and there's parts that I'm like I have no idea why you're trying to do this <laughs> and what's the point so in general I don't know <laughs> I'll say like maybe I'm like me about like 50 50 uh-huh I can try to watch another episode like this, but this time I probably would have a better understanding of what to expect, kind of. Because I do you I have, have no any idea. expectations coming? Like, did you like 
think, oh, this might be a good episode or this might I be bad. I had no idea. None I mean, when all. you said that they do a cover of Heather's, I have no idea what that means. Right. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I'm like, do they do the musical or like, do they sing the songs only or like what's happening? So I had no idea. What Did you enjoy it in any way? And like, oh, you know, a so bad it's good way or like, oh, this is so messed up. It's kind of entertaining. Um, I think at some point like so for beautiful I mm-hmm. laughed because <laughs> I'm like what the heck is happening <laughs> like what is this as you should <laughs> yeah so I guess I enjoy it in that sense mm-hmm. but I I don't know for me this episode isn't all horrible because there's the creepy cold vibe to it and oh. I feel like if that was completely taken out and all we are left is like Veronica's family drama and like some uh love issue rectangle triangle breaking up making up that sort of cliche bullshit mm-hmm. then I'll rate this like much lower right sure. right yeah I gotta agree I think this has good and bad so I think when people put easter egg and stuff I am the target audience for those easter eggs because I latch onto them and I really enjoy them and whenever they had them placed in this episode I really like that whenever they made a riff on that and didn't play it straight so for example with Tony giving Cheryl the cup to drink from but she drank from it first I thought that was like a really smart move so those moments really shined for me uh, a lot of the acting choices I actually enjoyed. So um, I especially enjoyed seeing Jughead and Betty together. And when Tony and Cheryl weren't fighting, I thought they were relatively cute. Especially with Cheryl's like growth moment in the end. So any couple I think that had a development I enjoyed and couples that didn't have development like Archie and Josie, though they <laughs> played like they had a development, but not really. And Reggie and Veronica, I didn't enjoy. So uh, that was one of the aspects. I enjoyed the fashion quite a bit. It was nice to see. I also really found it entertaining to see how many batshit crazy plot points they're bringing up. So whenever they introduce like, oh, you know, a serial killer father, drug lord mother, a mafia boss, apparently, which I didn't catch. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) I found it really entertaining. The singing was not great. I am very sensitive. Like, I, I don't think I'm really expert an expert on finding, like, things that sound auto-tuned. But if it's bad enough that I can hear the auto-tune, it will disrupt my enjoyment of it quite a bit. The choreography was a point that I both hated and really enjoyed because it was in the point of it's so bad, it's good. It just, like, crazy to see what kind of choices are going to give them to do. So that part was really, really great. Yeah, I think it was it was fun to watch because it was bad. I felt one, one thing that I didn't enjoy is like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to rip some of these performances to shreds a little bit. Um, and I felt really bad because I'm not a singer. I don't know how to sing very well. And like, I don't think I can do better than the actors, but I'm not getting paid to perform so um, that's so true yeah so I feel like if you're already getting paid to perform this episode might as well give them a vocal coach you know it's very difficult to sing very well without some training and I bet a lot of them don't have any training and they could sound potentially a lot better so there are a lot of 
studio decisions I think that were made that were a little bit weird I also love hated the lyrical changes especially ones that made no sense like the drug references when they had multiple drug references within the musical episode um I thought that they were very fun to to take a look at so overall I actually had a pretty good time but I would absolutely not recommend this to anybody else and we have a little quiz it's a little bit unconventional because it's not about the musical itself Uh, Do you want to introduce it? Yes. So it was a BuzzFeed quiz. Which Riverdale teen are you? Yes. I think it has a different title. Sorry. Yes. All right. Let's get through it. All right. The first question is, how would your friends describe you? And the options are loyal, intelligent, sarcastic, ambitious, adventurous, and creative. I will say you are intelligent. Thank you. (laughs) You could be a number of things here. I would say sarcastic. <laughs> that I would actually not pick. So for you, delivery between loyal, intelligent, and ambitious. I'll try ambitious because let's try having different results. All right. I was going to pick loyal for you. Okay. Oh, all right, all right. No, I can I can pick that. But I mean okay. you know yourself best. Pick something to order at Pops. I'm guessing that's one of the restaurants there. Burger and fries, waffles, salad, pancakes, scrambled eggs, and coffee. I'm obviously going to pick coffee. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to pick burgers and fries. Nice. Now pick a milkshake flavor. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, mint chocolate chip, peanut butter, Oreo. Vanilla. I'm a vanilla person through and through. That's the only ice cream flavor I like. And I think that's the same for milkshakes, to be honest. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, that's hard. Are you an ice cream person in general? I am. You are? But I like a very broad range of flavors so I like vanilla strawberries berries and fruits usually are good for me like lemon mangoes whatever a sorbet Um, is not the same as ice cream though that's true that's okay that's very very true I'll say vanilla then it's like my to go okay same 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 seas choose a school subject English math science history art PE who would choose PE um, <laughs> I, I'll I, choose uh-huh. history. All right, I'm gonna choose science. Did you take grade twelve history? I didn't. I took IB. Oh, you took IB. Okay, yeah. That's like the ones that have like one to five, and then you can get university credit, right? That's right. Right. It's actually one to seven, but it's okay. Oh, one to seven. Sorry, sorry. No, um, no. Okay. Which Riverdale character would you trust with a secret? Oh, I don't know who these people are. Some of them are So Tony, Josie, and Reggie, I recognize from the, so far. So Tony's the choreographer. (sighs) Josie is the horrible singer. Reggie is the other horrible singer. Um, Josie is- I don't trust any of these people. Archie's girlfriend. Reggie is Veronica's boyfriend. And Polly- Reggie, just because oh. I feel like guys are less gossipy. Wait, wait, wait. I think what? I could piece some of it together. So Cooper what? is Betty's last name, I think. Betty Cooper. Uh-huh. So Polly must be her mom. Jones is Jughead's last name. So Jellybean might be his mom. Right? Okay. Though Jellybean is kind of a strange name. Maybe his dog. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. He has a sister though, right? Oh, that's true. <gasps> and her name is JB. <gasps> okay that's definitely his sister then. yes oh my god I just said he might be his dog I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm sorry dog. all right great guess <laughs> uh yeah I know right I'm full of them uh <laughs> and Rose I don't know whose last name is Rose 
no I think idea. Archie's last name is Andrews and Veronica. I was about to say Sawyer, but that's the Heather's line. <laughs> Good one. No, I'm Veronica's. gonna pee. I'm gonna pick Reggie just because I think guys are not that into gossip. Oh, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna pick Jellybean because I like her name and I okay. feel guilty. It is a good name. Pick an 80s movie. Back to the Future, Fairies, Bueller, Day Off, Ghostbusters, Breakfast Club, Heathers, and The Princess Bride. For me, I'm deliberating between Back to the Future and The Princess Bride. I'm gonna pick Back to the Future. Did you watch? How many of these did you, did you watch? I only watched one, and that is Back to the Future. <laughs> so it's a no-brainer for you. I watched yeah. four, five. I watched everything besides Fairies, Bueller's Day Off. The Breakfast Club actually sounds familiar, but I can't remember what it was about. So The Breakfast Club is the, it's a very, very famous 80s movie. Um, If by the song alone, you would recognize it. It's this, the movie that has Don't You Forget About Me. Does that ring any bells? <sighs> no, that's like such a generic line. And um, there are a group of kids who get detention. One of them is like a basket case. One of them is like the popular girl one of them is a nerd the other one is the athlete and one of them is like a criminal okay maybe i didn't watch it then maybe you didn't it's it's a very very famous coming of age movies i'm really deliberating between back to the future and princess bride but i think i'll also go with back to the future just because i watched it twice okay okay okay. yeah and finally choose something important from riverdale jughead's beanie Yeah, I know. Grayfins? I, I don't know. Grayfins and Gargoyles. Carrie the Musical, The Farm, Jingle Jangle, and La Bonne, La Bonne Louis? Nuit? I thought French was behind me after Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> You're never getting out of this. I know. <laughs> I'm going to choose the beanie. I'm going to choose Carrie the Musical. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Who did you get? I got... Betty Cooper. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it reads, your personality matches Betty's. You're a genuine, strong, and practical. Like Betty, you're a hard worker who's continually striving to help others, and you're a natural-born leader. All right. Okay. I think that's accurate. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Um, first of all, I just want to correct the title of the quiz so it's a very strange title I don't even know why they named it this way but the actual title is the Riverdale parents found out which teen from the show they are now fine now you can too so if you guys want to recreate it feel free it's very bizarre and I wouldn't type all that in a keyboard but I got Cheryl Blossom your personality matches Cheryl's you're adventurous cunning and quick-witted like Cheryl, you tend to keep yourself closed off from new people, but once they get to know you, they realize how kind you truly are. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl, give me such a different vibe than you do. <laughs> For sure. I don't think I'm not Cheryl's vibe at all, but uh, maybe I'm mean. Who knows? If I give you Heather Chandler vibe, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I don't think we'll be friends in the first place. I don't know. Maybe apparently it says that once you get to know me, I you realize how kind I am. So okay. maybe you did. Um, but yeah, that's that's everything from us. We just have the final rating to give. Drum roll, please. Oh, 
Jeez, I'm gonna <laughs> give it. Um, I'm gonna give it four out of ten. How generous! <laughs> Three out of ten. Yeah, don't decrease it just because of me. <laughs> Attempts of murder. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of ten, Children of the Corn. Okay, that's a good one at two. Thank you, thank okay. you. <laughs> okay, so if you guys want to discuss this episode with us, if you know anything about Riverdale and want to educate us, feel free. You can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at Podway Podcast, or you can email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. We'd be really interested to hear from you, especially for this episode. And let us know because it's something that is very experimental for the both of us, if you liked it. Um, and if you do, we will recreate and make some more like it, especially the Buffy one. Please let me do the Buffy one. Thank you. <laughs> Becky's like begging. Please say you like it. I am it. begging. Please you have to say knees. you like it. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. All so right. thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye.